You're listening to Unfolding Stories, a podcast dedicated to true stories of God's work in people's lives as told by the people who experience them. This week we hear from author, speaker and church planter Aubrey Sampson. During a period of extreme stress and anxiety, she began to question why God was allowing so much suffering in her life. Was he really there? Did God honestly care about her? Aubrey takes us through her experience now. Hi, I'm Aubrey Sampson and this is my unfolding story. I became a Christian when I was 11 years old. My parents moved us from Georgia to Oklahoma and began to take us to church for the very first time, the Southern Baptist Church in Oklahoma City. And our first week there, there was this guest preacher for this kind of old-fashioned revival meeting, and he came every night for one week and preached the gospel. This guy was actually Rick Stanley. He was the stepbrother of Elvis Presley, and he talked about how he had been touched by two kings the king of rock and roll, Elvis Presley, and the King Jesus. And as cheesy as it sounds, God actually used that message to make a really powerful impression on my little 11-year-old heart. And so I marched down the aisle of that Southern Baptist church and I told that preacher that I was a sinner, I was in need of a savior, and I actually got baptized the next day. So I came to Christ quickly. That's my conversion story. It was not a slow decision. I heard the gospel and I jumped. I felt like God would not let me stay in my chair. Actually, it was a pew, but he was pulling me to himself. And I have absolutely no doubt that the Lord was calling me that day. And I felt the Holy Spirit with me right away. I've walked with Jesus for 30 years now. And I mean, I've gone through difficult seasons. I was sexually assaulted on a school bus when I was 13. That's what my first book, Overcomer, is about. But God has been with me the whole way, and my relationship with him has thrived. I have loved the word of God. I have loved walking with God. I have loved the presence of God. But a few years ago heralded a really weird season for me and for my family. Initially, my husband Kevin and I were going through this incredible time. We were opening the doors to our brand new church plant something we dreamed about for a really long time. And then my first book was coming out and all of it was happening in the same week. It was October, 2015. So we were celebrating all of these things that we had been working hard towards and praying about for years. God was like finally making our dreams come true. But then that same week, I woke up one morning just inexplicably unable to walk. Kevin was literally carrying me around the house. And at the time I was a runner, so I assumed it was a running injury and I tried the old faithful rice, rest ice compression elevation, but it did not work. And eventually I was taken to the emergency room and diagnosed with a chronic, painful autoimmune disease called rheumatoid arthritis. Now on top of that, at the time my family was also grieving the loss of my cousin Cameron, who I was really close with growing up. He was a buddy of mine as we were kids. And he was actually snowshoe hiking in Crater Lake National Park, Oregon. And he fell off the side of the cliff, never to be seen again. And so I was grieving, of course. My kids were grieving. He was like an uncle to them. My aunt and uncle were obviously grieving. My whole family, of course, was having this really difficult time, and not just with his death, but with the tragic nature of his death. And then on top of that, if that wasn't enough, 
My youngest son was recovering from spinal cord surgery. He was receiving ongoing care, physical occupational speech therapy. He spent a week at the Children's Hospital downtown and then about two months flat on his back. He wasn't allowed to move. We literally had to throw our legs over him to keep him from rolling and crawling. And so as you can imagine, those were just really difficult days. He's doing awesome now, by the way, and we are privileged to have health care. I know that's not the case for everyone, so I want to say that I'm thankful for that. But it was still a really long and hard season. So all that to say, it was a crazy time because it was honestly like heaven met hell in the span of a week. And, you know, I've been a Christian for over 30 years, and I would like to tell you that I was this model of bravery and courage, and I more than conquered, and I arose like a phoenix from the ashes, and I saw the silver lining, and I did all of those cliche things you're supposed to do in times of trouble, but honestly, I just fell apart. I did not know how to handle it. My gnawing questions about suffering and God's goodness became too much to handle, and my usual spiritual disciplines, things like Bible study or prayer or silence or journaling, they were no longer helping me feel connected to God. And for the first time in 30 years, I began to wonder if I was praying to God or if I was praying to the ceiling fan. I was asking those questions, is God even real? Does God even hear me? Those questions that we all ask in times of crisis. Now, I know that God is not the author of evil, but I could not make sense of God not preventing evil from hitting my life and the lives of those that I loved. And my relationship with God, which was once thriving and beautiful and lovely and intimate, soon became this really small, unrecognizable thing. Ultimately, God no longer fit into the box that I had designated for him, and I had no idea what to do about it. What I didn't realize is that God was about to blow that box wide open and reveal more of himself to me. One night, in God's perfect timing, a friend invited me to a concert, and I needed a night out, so I went with her. It was to this little theater in the round. We walked in, we grabbed our seats, and soon the lights dimmed and a screen descended from the ceiling with a trigger warning, of all things. And it began to show these really disturbing images of pain and starvation and poverty and oppression, and soon I'm thinking, what is happening? Why are we here? And then this choir dressed in dark robes, walked on stage, and they started singing this ancient funeral dirge. It was low and slow and depressing, and soon the mood in the theater shifted. The audience, including me, which was excited for the concert to start, we kind of had the wind taken from our sails. I turned to my friend and I was about to say, okay, we need to go. This was too much emotion for me to handle. But what I didn't realize was that another choir was actually planted in the audience, surrounding the entire theater, posing as audience members. But then suddenly they stood up and they started singing over us this hopeful, joyful, triumphant song. And it was startling, certainly, but it wasn't scary. They sang over us like they were performing life-saving surgery. And soon the entire audience's focus shifted to the new hopeful choir. Now the dirge was still being sung, the suffering images were still being displayed, but the hopeful song was growing louder. And soon that song actually began to overpower the dark, heavy funeral song. And suddenly from within the deep places of my soul that had been so grieving and so hurt and feeling so betrayed by God, places that had been avoiding him and hiding from him, I felt God say to me, Aubrey, this is what I do. I don't pretend like evil and pain and suffering don't exist, and you don't have to either. 
but I sing a louder song over them, a song of hope and joy and renewal and restoration and healing. And I sat there at that concert and I bawled like a baby, finally releasing my fears and my worries and my sadness to God. And I'm telling you, I've experienced his loving, faithful presence with me every day since then. What I didn't realize at the time, that concert was a lament concert. And it was the first time I was exposed to the spiritual discipline and the biblical language of lament. And from that night on, really for the next three years, lament became my prayer language, it became my discipline, it became the experience that God used to move my heavy heart back to a place of hope. And now, three years later, it's not like I have clear-cut answers, but I understand that there is a mystery to suffering. And that if we allow it, our pain, our seasons of suffering can actually draw us deeper into intimacy with our God. No matter what form lament takes, prayer, journaling, poetry, music, etc., we see over and over again that our God aligns himself with suffering people. Look at Jesus, the man of sorrows, who publicly lamented over the death of his friend Lazarus. He lamented over the city and the people of Jerusalem. He lamented, of course, on the cross. He lamented for his own pain and for us. He pulled his dear friends aside in the Garden of Gethsemane and said in Matthew 26, 38 through 39, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Then he fell his face on the ground and he lamented again. My father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Jesus knew lament intimately. In fact, Jesus did one better. He became lament for us. Jesus took our laments on himself on the cross. And because he knows suffering personally, Jesus is not afraid of our honest expressions of pain. In Jesus, our suffering can become a place in which God bids us come near. Lament helps us listen for God's louder song and to believe that one day, we will hear it above the noise of our pain. Aubrey Sampson is the author of The Louder Song, Listening for Hope in the Midst of Lament. A highly recommended read for anyone, but especially if you're currently struggling and need some guidance on listening for God's song in your own life. Aubrey's book is released February 2019 for Press and is available for purchase at navpress.com. That's N-A-V-P-R-E-S-S dot com. She lives with her husband, Kevin, a pastor and church planter in the Chicagoland area, where she serves on the preaching team at their church, Renewal Church, in West Chicago, Illinois. They have three, as they describe them, hilarious sons, aged 12, 9, and 7 years old. You've been listening to Unfolding Stories. Episode notes, transcripts, and a picture of today's speaker can be found at our website, unfoldingstories.org. Our sincere thanks go to all those who have volunteered to tell their story and share it with the world. And to you for listening and supporting this ministry. Unfolding Stories is an original podcast and ministry from Unfolding Faith and Tyndale House Publishers, 
one of the world's largest independent Christian publishing houses. To explore Christianity and many of the big questions we all have, visit Unfolding Faith at unfoldingfaithblog.com. That's unfoldingfaithblog.com. Please join us in the next episode of Unfolding Stories for more inspiring and relatable real-life testimony. Do you have a question, suggestion or story you'd like to share with the team at Unfolding Stories? Email us your thoughts at unfoldingfaithmail at gmail.com.